the tour manager was like, do you want to like come like backstage? And I was like, dude, like I'm having cardiac arrest right now. Of course <laughs> I do. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 23rd episode, I'm here with Nicole Seri. Throughout this podcast, we discuss managing artists in 2023. Nicole's origin story, story, A&R, her management company, Seri Management, and much more. We also play a game called Dream Fest. Thanks for listening. It's the slow fade out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to this podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everyone that works in it, lives it, loves it, surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming a relatively new friend to the podcast that's forced me to freaking hold this mic up today. Nicole Saray. Yes. Yes. Slay. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. How is this like uh this terrible air treating you? Um, it's making me anxious. Yeah. But it, we're thriving. There you go. There you go. We're always thriving. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start the podcast how we always start it. Um I ask you what are your favorite experiences as a fan in the music industry? Like a like a show you've been to, uh like and I know you you attend a lot, so I guess like one that comes to mind when you when when I say favorite yeah. experience. Oh my god, it's so hard because I feel like every concert's so good. Whether it's like I love like shit show concerts too, where it's just like a hot mess. I'm allowed to swear, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but <laughs> I don't know why the first one that came to mind is this one because it's really not on brand for me. But Sabrina Carpenter. Whoa! Yeah! 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 Like last um, month? No, like pre-COVID, I think. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, and I like bought a ticket kind of like as a joke with my friend. And yeah. she ended up like flooring me. And like I just thought the way that she executed everything was insane and perfect. Wow. And uh, ever since then, Sabrina Carpenter stan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where was the show? Opera House. Whoa. All right. Yeah. They just came by. Did you see them last month? I think like, no. last month, two months ago, maybe? I would have. I yeah. like the new album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really freaking good. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's a good album. That's great. What about your favorite experience as like a, a industry pro? Like uh, like one that you've maybe worked, you know, uh, maybe one of your artists had a, at a show or, you know, a pop-up or something? Um, Jeez. Um, I don't know i don't okay every time i go to a concert like i'm not a pro <laughs> sure sure, I feel sure, like, sure sure i feel like it's that's so hard because one i haven't worked on a lot of live shows like mm -hmm. when i got into music it was just before covid so yeah. everything kind of shut down so i did a few shows i don't think i have a favorite yet though no i think that cool. my favorite is probably going to be coming up which yet is to come. all right uh my artist is playing glastonbury that Woo. we which is very exciting, and I think that that's just going to be. If you ask me again in two weeks, that will be it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you have a favorite like a uh, like a project that you've worked on? Maybe with Vembi. Is there like a maybe a, a maybe a trip or something? You know. Yeah. I know you've been doing a lot of traveling recently. Yeah. Um, uh, are you asking about what favorite project or favorite trip though? Oh, <laughs> maybe both. We can okay, we can both. we can do both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ha like honestly, Vembi's probably really up there i've mm -hmm. been with her for almost four years now yeah um and we like really started it from ground zero yeah 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 so it's been really fun um to be a part of that and watch it just flourish in the past three years almost four years yeah um and we do get to travel a lot like i recently get been getting to go to europe a lot with her mm -hmm. um and uh, we did a fun, actually, we did a fun show in Scotland. Yeah, okay. Um, loved that. There was a lot of, like, surf rock bands as well on that. That was yeah. a pretty fun show to be at. A lot of different accents. A lot of different accents. Eight haggis. Um, <laughs> did you? Yeah. Did you actually? Yeah. yeah. Like, 
reluctantly, but I did. <laughs> um, it wasn't that bad, actually. Like, I probably would eat it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is it? What is what is haggis? So I didn't ask because I, like, wanted to just, you know. Right. You know, be blind to the truth. Mm. Um, and then I asked after. And it's sheep, liver, heart, and lung. Whoa. With oats. <laughs> Okay. Gotta get that fiber in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like baked in a sheep's intestine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I think it was like some sort of like veggie thing? Like they green, have like green veggie thing. They have vegan haggis, which apparently is just as good. And like I will probably eat that from moving on. But yeah, uh, yeah no, it's definitely not. It's like straight up organs. It was the lung that Jeez. really threw me off when I found out. It, it was like a secondhand regurgitation that happened uh, after. Yeah. So okay. Jeez, yeah. Okay. Sorry, that got really like gross. <laughs> no, no, please. please. <laughs> now your favorite chip would would be that same one. Scotland. It was great. Yeah, yeah, we did like a few stops. So it was like first in London, and then we went to Berlin. Yeah. And then we went to Scotland, and it was great. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, Head into the second question here. Um, for those listening, you know the second question is Erica Badu's quote, just sort of like your reflection on it. Um, Music and music business are two different things. That's what she said. Yes. Um, what's your like favorite? Uh, sorry. What's your like first instinct when you hear that? Um, and um, yeah, where are you at? Like in the business sort of like mindset currently? When I first hear it, I think obviously she's very right. Um, I think the music business—it's a business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so at the end of the day, the goal is to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas like music in its free form is just something that we can enjoy. And it's one of the few things that humans get to experience. And my, my kind of take on the music industry is a little bit of yeah. both. I mean, I think artists and everyone working in the industry needs to eat. <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> <laughs> Going, you know, like yeah, yeah. we're all dancing around and we, we get hungry and we need to buy a snack. And, um, and so sorry, Not this is like beaver playing a banjo in my brain but <laughs> That's great. i stand <laughs> in the middle of music and music business where i think that it's important for artists and people working in the industry to make living wages yeah and also continue to grow their careers and flourish and go to the levels that they want to go to mm-hmm. without overexploiting them in the process yeah yeah, yeah. um and also not undervaluing live music in the process because i think that's that's where a lot of music business gets lost is majors or labels pay a lot of money for the recordings but when it comes like live touring especially people undercut artists so much and that's a huge aspect that like needs to change it's just like fair wage um in on that side too and i think you're starting to see it a little bit with companies but um yeah i just everyone should get paid decent (laughs) So that we can buy nice things. Totally, totally. <laughs> where, where do you, where do you, um, where do you, I guess, uh, reside when it comes to like authenticity? You know, because when 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 I when I'm thinking about like the the balance between both the the business side and uh, maybe the art for it in itself, um, I think about like authentic, like authentic artists, or yeah. like um, like um, you're also like an artist is now like also valued on their like authenticity or whatever. Yeah. Um, but. You still have to post so much on socials or whatever to even get your you get your song across or get your word across. Yeah. Do do you, do you like work on that or is it something like we don't like we don't necessarily care about not maybe not care is the right word here but um we'd rather like our artists just be out there and we'll worry about authenticity like in no. regards to like sort of um like the material or seeing no. live or whatever. I think it doesn't work if it's not real. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. straight up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like especially this generation, they can smell through the bullshit. Yeah. Um and I I think that it's starting to show that it doesn't work if you're not authentic. Yeah. Especially on like socials. Like I find I can really start seeing a difference between artists who are really trying mm-hmm. and I'm almost like like I almost want to like shake them and be like, pull it back and just like go take a video of like you and your grandma and you're playing your grandma's like whatever your grandma would do like i don't know like you like orange juice go drink orange juice on tiktok like do something real sure sure. instead of you know going in the car and trying to like do the same tiktok that everyone else is doing right right um 
and uh, yeah, I think that it works when when you are real. Are there any particular like trends or developments in the music industry that you find like exciting or promising, like that are currently happening? I guess like not necessarily like TikTok trends, but like new things that are coming into the to the industry that's like might be exciting for you or something that you're um, gonna like maybe capitalize on with with some of your artists. Nothing super specific. I think that the way that uh, artists are engaging with their fans mm-hmm. is really cool. Like yeah, yeah. I started, I've been seeing a lot of discords popping up. Yeah. I see Lalo popping up um, instead of it kind of just being this really, you know, passive generic email that a manager team is making. Um, I just think it's really cool that artists are trying to connect in fans and make real life moments with them versus um, kind of keeping that like wall in between them. Of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm here and you're here. Which mm-hmm. it, there's a lot more of an equal playing field between fans and artists right now, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's great. What do you think about like uh, I, the past couple weeks in the podcast? We've been thinking about like uh, like VIP experiences and stuff. Yeah, like I know that's that's been like a thing for a long time, but um, now like artists are like offering like for X amount of dollars, whatever you can like come to Soundcheck and get like exclusive merch or whatever. Yeah, um, is that something that like y'all are looking at or something that interests you, or is it sort of like out of the um, I mean, like, I I feel indifferent to it if the mm-hmm. artist is down for it and they want to, you know, charge fans. I know, like, some artists want to have a bit more control on who they're meeting and keep it at a cap, whereas yeah, other yeah. artists are like, fuck it, I'll stay here three hours and shake hands with everybody here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it kind of depends on the artist. And, um, but I also think that at the end of the day, it, it's tricky because like the bigger things get and like the bigger artists get the harder it is to just go down the street and for three hours and shake hands with yeah, people yeah, yeah, totally, totally. so i'm here for it if you need to do it but i think that if there's a way to just like be present with your fans in any way without feeling some sort of like commerce exchange needs to happen then yeah, yeah. then go for that yeah no, you speak to it's super important like there's there's is such like a uh I guess a cap to what extent you can actually just go like and like meet your fans at the merch table. Yeah. Or, like stuff like that. Like Drake. <laughs> yeah. Not Drake, but maybe Drake. Drake can't do that stuff. No, you know? Drake can't do that. Like, you know, even like I was at um a show last week with like a really small up and coming uh Toronto artist and mm. they were even saying like the fans were just down the block and they were like, We tried to do a meet and greet with all of them, like yeah. just as oh, as you come, but there were too many, you know, yeah, to yeah. do that. And totally. so I feel like maybe then the artist almost feels like they disappointed the fans even more. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're charging and you know, like, I can guarantee these people quality time and yeah. my full attention, mm-hmm. um, then it makes a lot more sense in those cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Uh, maxing out, like, that VIP, or not VIP, but just, like, just one-on-one experiences for sure. Yeah. We we experienced that with, with Elio as well, where it's like, okay, now we're getting to a point where it's like, okay, like there's like 90 people at merch yeah. that want to have like a, a quick discussion with her, you know, but sometimes it's like way more than just a quick yeah. discussion. So, yeah. And then we're like, we're almost, the, the van's already packed before yeah. she's even done sometimes. And then you have to like get somewhere else or you have an overnight drive. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And fans don't see that. Like they don't know that, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. so. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into the, um, the origin story, okay, I fine. guess a little bit. Um, where'd you grow up? Newmarket, Ontario. Whoa, okay. Um, The new market. Yeah, yeah, not the old one. Not the old one. Yeah, the new one. This is for those who don't know. It's what maybe an hour out. Yeah, it's like forty-five minutes with no traffic. Yeah, with no traffic. Yeah, Yeah. Um, which never happens. Yeah, (laughs) so it's an hour and (laughs) fifteen. Yeah, 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 exactly. how was like what was what was your like upbringing like? Like, was it like a very like musical family? Was it more just like no like was there music in the house kind of oh thing? yeah i mean like not my parents didn't necessarily play music or uh were naturally musically talented yeah yeah i mean maybe they are and i just don't know but <laughs> um there was always music playing mm-hmm. um my parents are just huge music listeners my dad has the most insane music collection yeah um and my dad used to travel a lot when i was little and so there'd be like weeks on end where for work he'd be away. And every time he would go away, this is so cute. He would 
He would LimeWire or, you know, burn me a CD with, like, a playlist for me to listen to while he was gone. So, like, every time he went away, he would burn me this CD with, like, all my favorite songs on it and, like, new music that he thought (laughs) I would like. Um, So it was, like, almost like I was, like, excited for him to leave because I'd be like, I get another CD. But um, (laughs) I know. Sorry, Dad. Love you. But um, that's that like I feel like really sparked it because yeah. like I was listening to music all the time and he was so into it. Wow. Um, yeah, he's crazy. What would be on those CDs and like what was like around the house? Was there like artists like are there like top like, three artists? Everything. Yeah. Like my dad listened to the weirdest, indiest of indias to like the largest band ever. He's mm-hmm. he's like me where he'll just like deep dive into Spotify or YouTube and end up in a black hole of. Yeah somebody with like a name of symbols singing yodeling music at you um (laughs) still now still now still now he's always sending me music to check out oh Um, that's awesome yeah he's very sweet (laughs) um but uh yeah i mean that music on the playlist would range from like hillary duff to like i don't know like the who you know yeah yeah, it was all over so what about your mom my mom, my mom, my mom grew up. She would always play music in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, when she was like cooking, or if I was in the kitchen painting or something as a kid, mm-hmm. she was a big Jules fan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah McLaughlin, oh, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, yeah. Um, she loved that indie. Yeah. You know? She <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. little indie yeah. little folk. Yeah. Um, yeah. New market. Really gets sure. her toes yeah. tapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay, and then so but you so you went to elementary high school in Newmarket. In Newmarket, yeah, grew up there my whole life. Yeah, sorry. Before, before even before we get into that, any brothers sisters? No, I'm actually adopted. Okay. Yeah, so there I'm a go. one of one, but yeah. I do have two half sisters who I recently met uh, during the pandemic, and now we're all besties. There you go. And now I have sisters, and I get hand me down clothes, so it's great. Older sisters. Older sisters. Nice. Yeah. Um. Back to high school, elementary school. Um, was it like an arts like situation? Like, did no. You, like, did I, you play <laughs> music? Um, I I grew up dancing. Okay. I, I yeah. danced from like when I was three until I was nineteen. Whoa, whoa! Um, like at a, at a school? Yeah, like after school, like yeah. would when I had a studio that I would go to. Um, I would took everything from like ballet tap jazz acro did it all it was like my favorite thing i also mm. think that's a huge reason why i also love music because i grew up just dancing to it and yeah. it's a huge you know they correlate so well yes yeah yeah um and then i also grew up doing musical theater and acting so in high school um before that too i had taken like singing lessons and guitar lessons mm. um and then i got into musical theater and acting and kind of like was gonna go that route yeah yeah did you have any like friends in high schools or like teachers that really like sort of like pushed you to sort of like go into the art scene more or I guess I guess we'll get it. It was always you... me. It was I was always just you, always yeah. like I always knew I wanted to like work in something creative. Like mm-hmm. at the time I wanted to be an actress, you know, right, like, right, right. I wanted to have a manager and do this whole thing. Yeah, so sure. um, it was just always like I was always like, yeah, I'm never going to be a scientist like this is <laughs> going to be. Yeah. The, the thing, the you, thing, you yeah, something. Yeah, and did you go to so did you go to university or college for 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 this or was it? No, I went uh, my first year. I got into York Theater Program for acting. Okay, yeah. Um, and I was you know spending my first year rolling on the floor with a banana between my feet, pretending to be a baby chimpanzee, really questioning <laughs> why I was paying tuition. And right. so then I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And so I don't know where that came from. And then I was like, I'm going to switch my major to political science. And I finished my degree in political science. But uh, obviously also not a lawyer. So it did not work out for me. But yeah, yeah. yeah. that's great. And so where does the where does the scene like where does like the like what were the first like, I guess, strides in the music industry for you? Because I know you had a blog for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I started writing for this place called Her Campus in university, but it was more so about I was doing a series on uh, people that I lived with in the city. I lived out west, so I lived in Banff slash Canmore in Alberta. Yeah. And it's a super transient town, and um, 
one of my friends that I had known for a few months had left and went back to Australia. And then it turns out that he was like a completely different person than we thought he was like, I guess had a different name. It was this whole crazy story. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. Like who would have thought that, you know, something like this could happen. And so I realized how transient it is and people come and go in the ski town all the time. They started writing about their stories and talking to them. Whoa. Okay. And once I started doing that, I was like, okay, how else could I pull stories and talk to more people and learn about them. Mm-hmm. And so I had started kind of writing a blog where I was gonna compare people in the music industry when they first start to people that have had success. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time when I was just about to transition, I was also driving home to live back in Toronto and potentially go to law school. And I started listening to this band called Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to their album gallery on repeat the whole drive. It's such a 2018 album. It hurts. (laughs) Um, but it was perfect for the road trip. Right. And when I got home, I saw that they were opening up for Panic at the Disco. Mm. So I bought tickets, DM them the night before. I was like, hey, I found your album. I love you guys. Like, I would love to meet you after your show. Yeah. Can we please hang out and like let me buy you a drink? And the morning of, they got back to me. They were like, "Let's fucking do this. We might not be able to get a drink, but like come by the tour bus." So me and my friend were like, "Holy shit, this is so cool!" <laughs> so we go and we like meet them. Turns out their sets canceled because Panic was like coming over the border. So I spent the whole day with them, um, and I toured them all around Toronto wow. and like got to hang out with them and then they were kind of like, okay, clearly you're not a psycho, you can hang out with us. So they let us go on their tour bus and I was like, oh my God, like I remember being like, this is the craziest fucking thing that's ever gonna happen. Like I'm on a tour bus right now. I was shitting myself. Sure, sure. And then the the tour manager was like, do you wanna like come like backstage? And I was like, dude, like I'm having cardiac arrest right now. Of course I do. And I remember like going backstage at the at the the arena, and like as somebody like I'm like just like I've never who would have thought that a DM message would like end me up like backstage at this arena. Like in yeah, my yeah. head, I'm like this is fucking insane. Yeah, I'm like 22, living my best life, and um, we go back and I like meet their whole team again, and like they like ended up giving us better seats, and then they. We all just like vibed and they were like, you guys should come to Oceaga and like hang out. We're playing. Um, and we were like, okay, <laughs> we're like poor. We have no money for tickets anyways, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah. So. It, were they on their way? They were going like two weeks after. Okay. So they were like, let's like hang out again. You're in Canada. Like you're a Canadian friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so drove to Montreal and found out they gave us artist passes. <laughs> When I tell you I can never go back to GA, yeah, it ruined, like, I was, like, a peasant in this beautiful artist world with catering and free, boo- like, booze mm-hmm. and golf carts, yeah. and I could get my hair done, and, like, they were giving up free vans, and I was like, this is... This is my peak. Like, (laughs) (laughs) my life is over. I could die tomorrow. And I just, like, thought it was so... And I was watching all the... You know, I watched James Bay from backstage and, like, all these amazing artists and kind of just kept in touch with this band, Arizona, and their tour manager, Dan. And uh, slowly but surely, months after months of them continuously coming back to Canada and playing shows and... I also kind of got in this thing of, well, if I could meet one band I like, maybe I could meet more. And yeah, yeah. so I started DMing more bands. Um, and oftentimes they were like, sure, let's hang. And then through like, I just started meeting a bunch of bands. Yeah. And, yeah. and then a few months later, fall, winter of 2018, um, I was sitting outside a motel with Dan, who's Arizona's tour manager. And he was like, you should like work in music. And I was like, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, well, you like like it, you know, and you're always around it now. And, you know, if you need help, like you could ask me. So Mm. I wanted to be a tour manager. Yeah. I really like the traveling and the rush and kind of like the adrenaline you get of not sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I from touring, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be a tour manager, but um I was like, I'll start a tour manager. But then that didn't work because like it's dead winter. Mm. No one knows who I am. I'm like, there's snow on the ground. Like, I'm not going to drive a 
fucking van. Like I can barely drive myself in my Subaru. So um, I just started a management company at the top of the next year, so top of 2019. Yeah. And right after I made an Instagram page, I had people from high school or just like artists who I guess were searching for management companies starting to reach out. And that's kind of how it actually started. Sorry, that was really long. No, 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 it's great. It's great. I guess my my question here is like, did you know that you wanted to do management or did did it just like sort of naturally come to that, like through the tour management situation? It was the only job I could do without having someone to hire me. Sure, sure. You know, so like management's one of those things where it's a lot of, you know, it's a really hard job to have. Yep. And you're always the one that's blamed for everything. You know, if something goes wrong, like it's on you, but you learn a lot. Mm -hmm. And from that, I got to work with so many artists and like my artists got to work with writers and producers. And through that, like we would make cool songs and then Spotify. And so like through that, I got to meet a lot of connections. Yeah. um, Which eventually like also brought me into different worlds of um, the music industry. And Mm -hmm. I got to like intern with different managers or work in R and do things like that. Yeah. So um, definitely it was just like the only job I could get at the time. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I, I sort of, because I did my, my studies at, at TMU now, um, that's sort of like the, the job that I wanted out of school as well, like management. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And um, well, I always knew that I was going to be a musician. I did that through, through university and everything. Um, but I knew that management if there was something in the music industry that I wanted to do, um, mainly work on like the artist side of the business. Yeah. I, in my mind, I always like divided the, 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 the industry by being like, okay, this is like the business part of it. And then you can work like for like the artist side in the sense of like, okay, you can represent the artist, yeah. uh, an agency, uh, managing, Fair. do like distribution and publishing. But I didn't, sorry, I didn't want to work on the label side. Things, yeah. Basically. I had no idea what the industry even looked like. Like yeah, yeah. I, Google was my best friend. Like yeah, I yeah, remember sure. I consistently Googled what does a music manager do? Like yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. even know. I was like figuring it out and fucking up a lot. And, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. Now, after like X amount of years now, um, can you say confidently what a music manager manager does? Everything. Yeah. Everything. Sure. Under the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially if they're a baby band, like you're booking. Yeah. You're their label. You're their marketing team. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like when you are able to build a team around them, you kind of are just managing everyone around them yeah that's yeah. your job is and everything everything too, and yeah. everyone making sure everyone's doing their job so that you can take that core idea and make it actually happen yeah, yeah, yeah. um i have a note here uh wednesday management mm-hmm. um you started with them pretty early on like after 2019 like yeah so i met Lori, who owns wednesday management probably in end of 2019-ish through a mutual friend. Um, And he he was like, you have to meet Lori. You guys are going to be besties. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, And we met and we kind of just clicked. And uh, she was looking for some help on like day to day. And Mm -hmm. obviously I had been doing good and kind of, you know, been developing my own artist, but needed more help and more resources and also just more knowledge and expertise around me yeah. consistently. And so she brought me on as day-to-day to work with her clients. So I worked with uh, Gray, Alex Porat, Connor Sudell, um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. And now we still work together, but yeah, yeah. on our own project together, so. How was the, uh, how was like the, the balance between like your own company and then like Wednesday kind of thing, or was it, was there like a, a bit of like, were you doing both or did, did she like adopt your artist no, for a second? Or? We've always been separate. We're still technically separate. Yeah. I just work under the umbrella of Wednesday, but yeah. Um, I mean, we're still technically uh, like work as individual managers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I always just had my own roster and obviously like if i needed advice like a mentor Mm -hmm. she'd be there yeah um and then it wasn't until venby and uh 
her TikTok moment that I was like, Lori, help me, please. Right, right. Yeah. Because Venby started with you, mm-hmm. and then she helped. And then, she yeah, and then she helping. hopped on, and she kind of came on as that, you know, senior management. Yeah. Um, and she had experience. She started her career in the UK, um, yeah, yeah. so she knew a lot of the people that were over there, okay. which was also sure, amazing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what What are your, like... I'm still like in the management portion of of, of the podcast. Yeah. Um, are there like like some day to day things that you could talk about? Like, I know. I mean, just we're, we're, we're with working with so many managers. I mean, it's it's a lot of emailing. Like know. what I do? Yeah, what you do? Like what do you do? Like on your day to day? What's my daily schedule? Yeah. I wake up at six. Yeah. Um, and because my client is five hours ahead, I start at six. Yeah. So I start in bed. Um, but it's pretty much, I mean, it's a lot of emails. It's a lot of phone calls. I think it's a lot of just keeping relationships, um, making sure that everyone is feeling supported. It's a lot of uh, emotional regulation, um, making sure the artist is feeling good, Mm -hmm. checking in on them, um, making sure that they especially feel supported. Um, and then just working on whatever that project is that you're doing in the cycle. So it could be a writing cycle where you're working up to an EP or an album and you're making sure that, you know, your artist is getting to the sessions and yeah. in the right rooms with the writers and who they're liking and who they're not liking. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully they like them. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to like, okay, cool, we have the songs, it's a lot of like, okay, uh, who are we releasing it with that they're independent finding your, your partners for distribution. Um, if they're with a publisher, making sure the publisher is aware so that they can pitch for early sync opportunities yeah. or just are aware for sync opportunities. Um, making sure that like if it's, a, if it's a radio track, you're making sure that your radio team's on board. Um, you're making sure that the DSPs are being pitched mm-hmm. and they're aware. That could be through your label, making sure the label is doing that. Um, what's your marketing plan? How are we, what's the story behind this this project? What are we trying to convey and tell the audience? How can we put that in a music video, short content? How can we put that in tweets? How can we, you know, anything on socials? Um, and then are we doing a tour? So we're talking to the agents, letting them know, hey, we're working with this project. It's going to come out so-and-so. What do you have? Yeah. Um, and just lining everything up so it runs as smoothly as possible. And in between all of that, fixing all the little messes in between um, and just monitoring it is that's, it's everything, you know, it is everything. Yeah. Um, I think I always say if artists are coming to me and be like, okay, because I, what a lot of the work that I just do is just have conversations with artists and they're like, what should I do next? And I'm like, okay, well, if they don't have a manager, that's, that's always the first thing I say, Yeah, you know, because and y'all are hearing how much you're doing. Um, yeah. And it just takes off so much of the, the artist's plate because yeah. they're often thinking about all that if they're not signed with management team. Yeah, um, or not. and like it's, Or not, you know, you Which yeah. is like also one of the scarier things is I meet so many small artists. Like even just something as small as making sure you're signed up for your royalty collections. Yeah. Your neighboring right collections, which a lot of artists don't know about. Yeah. And they're missing out on money. Like they could have gotten couple radio spins and have a couple hundred dollars sitting there and yeah, if you yeah. don't know that goes away in a couple years so um yeah i think i think it's really important that independent artists are educated but it is hard and at least trying to find like a friend team who can help you yeah, yeah. um or just believe in you and help support you because when you're focused on the art it's hard to you know go back into business and sometimes it takes away from the actual art of the project totally splitting yeah. your 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 brain really into into those two things, but sometimes and and a lot of artists. I mean, the typical stereotypical artist is not necessarily thinking about all that stuff, but it's important because to to sort of uh, rewind back to a previous question or just the Eric Badu quote is that um, people do need to eat. The the yeah. artists do need to eat, and they need to pay their rent. It yeah. is a reality, you know. And if you eventually want to be able to. Um, live completely fully from your art. I think it's 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 super important. Management is is super important. Yeah, it's just hard to get to that point. Even yeah, no, totally. You know, like, yeah. like, and especially now with social media, like, 
I feel like a lot of artists feel like they need to pop off to get attention, but it's like, what other ways are there for artists to find that team or get that support without feeling like they have to know everybody in the industry? Like it, it's, it is really gatekeepy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Totally. That's, it's, that's very obvious, you know? Um, even for me, who's been in the industry, I've only been in five years, but like, there are some things too that sometimes I'm like, dude, like, come on, like, yeah, let yeah. me through. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it's one of the, this is, it's the, the, probably the main goal of the podcast, to yeah. be honest, is just to talk about these things so people know more about it. Yeah. You know, um, you, you spoke just a few seconds ago about like, sort of like getting management. Um, are there things like, if, let's say if you're looking for somebody new, um, are you, well, actually first question, are you always sort of actively looking for, for new artists or is it sort of like, okay, we have so much work right now. We can't even look, look for, for artists currently. Yeah. My, me, myself and I, yeah. um, I have like a very one track mind. Yeah, yeah, and sure. so I've done the thing where I have, you know, three or four artists and I find it super hard. Yeah. Um, I much rather would put 110% into one thing, yeah. um, then split that up and, and you know divide my attention mm-hmm. um so i feel like i'm always open to it like i never fully close the door if it fits or if it feels right yeah um but yeah i guess i'm always looking but i'm never i'm i'm passively looking i'm, sure, I'm sure. never like actively looking are there like characteristics or like uh let's say like numbers that you're looking at when 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 looking at signing um from from a management perspective, not necessarily. I think there there's always something, you yeah. know. For me, I it's like a, I have to connect emotionally. I really want to feel the artist's heartbeat in their music, mm. and f- I, you know, I I want to cry, I want to scream, I want to dance, I want to do something, and. So for me, it's always been about the music. Like, if I think your music is fucking rad, I'm probably going to be like, oh, like, I want to do something. And I will probably reach out and be like, if I can't manage you, like, please use me as a resource and, like, let me help you. Sure, sure. Um, Because I just love music and I love people and I've always wanted to help people. And what's better than helping people get their dreams? Yeah, yeah, That's literally the coolest thing ever. I agree. Um, and managers, like your job is to make somebody a star quite simply. What does a manager do? Your job is to make somebody a star, mm-hmm. like actually, which is crazy. Yeah. 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 Like I'm not a star. Yeah. How am I supposed to make you a star? Sure, sure, you know, sure, I think sure, that's, yeah. I think that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any like key things that you would say that like, uh, managers or new managers should strive to, 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 to do or to be, or to like, like I, I, I have here keys to success of being of being a manager really i think just like creating a really good network around yourself yeah um and making sure that your artist is also doing that so as much as you're networking um it's important that like if you're working with an artist that that artist is also you know hanging out with other artists and seeing what's going on in specifically like where we are to now like toronto like what's going on in the city like Mm -hmm. Who are the artists that are popping off? Like you, sh- those are the people that you should be hanging around with because clearly they're doing something right, and yeah. like you can learn from them, and you can listen to their music and learn from their producers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, same thing from the management side. It's like, who's doing cool shit right now? Like who? Like it, it's all about collaboration. Where it's just a whole bunch of big group projects. <laughs> um, I love big group projects. It is. I don't know about you, but in high school, I was all about group I'm projects. All, I'm all here for a group project. <laughs> I'll probably do most of the work, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Same here. Yeah. And, University as well. And be like, everyone was so equal on this. A's to everyone. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think networking. Networking was the biggest thing when I started, too. Yeah. Like, I snuck into so many events. Um, I, like, flew my ass to L.A. and snuck into the Grammy events there and... Just hustle, like yeah, yeah. Be in places you shouldn't be, and then people will be impressed that you're there. Mm-hmm. I, one of the next things I have here is like just the importance of collaborations and networking. It's really what we're exactly talking about now. Um, I can share some insight on on how important networking is. It is a, is it a t- it is a topic that we sp- speak to like almost every single week. 
but like yeah. you're just your network collaboration networking like are there any specific um meetings or just like connections that like have shaped your career thus far oh my god so many yeah yeah um i mean like lori is yeah. like a huge one but i only met lori through sneaking into like a juno party and then through at that party i met this guy michael gorman who manages tainomi banks mm. um and we ended up connecting because he was also from Newmarket. Okay. We just started talking randomly. And then he was like, oh, my God, you're from Newmarket. I'm from Newmarket. And I was like, oh, my God, we're soulmates. And <laughs> then he was like, you have to meet, you know, my friend Tom, who Tom is at Feldman. And oh, like yeah. through that, Tom was like, I love you. You got to meet Lori. And then like Lori was like, you know, you have to meet. So like I feel like just by meeting random people and also if you're not a dick, like people will oh help you gosh. out yeah, like yeah, yeah, totally. just don't be a dick it's really easy mm -hmm. um and uh yeah the the all all my connections have been they've all led to something and yeah and i think making sure your network is large and and genreless and like you know not specifically at one label but make sure you like know what everyone's doing because that person could leave and go somewhere else or totally, totally you know totally. like you never know whose intern's going to be the head of something anymore so yeah. like be nice to everybody and like say hi to everybody yeah yeah which is hard and i have social anxiety and so i find it really hard like last night i went to the ysk event by myself and i was like in the uber like sh pooping myself i was like oh my god like I'm gonna have to say hi to somebody. Like, what if <laughs> sure, like I sure, don't know sure. anybody here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was my worst nightmare. I walked in, there was like it was not totally full yet. I didn't know anybody there, and I was like, I haven't done this in so long. Right, right. And just like forcing myself to say hi to somebody, and then realizing how many could, like people we had mutual, and like it just opened even my night up to like a table of people that I would have never met if I hadn't said hi. And, right. And people are nice if you say hi. Like, mm. and if they are weird, if you say hi, then they're weird. Right. You know, like <laughs> right, it's right. not you, it's yeah. them. Yeah, 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 sure. My next question is, what advice would you give to aspiring musicians who are just like starting out their careers um, in terms of like building a solid foundation for to maybe potentially and eventually finding somebody like like yourself? Um, don't rush. Hmm. Figure out your sound. Ooh. Yeah. I don't think you have to necessarily figure that out before even like a man, but like knowing who you are. Like I think when you bring on a manager to help you, it's to help you manage something. So if you don't have anything to manage, there's no point of having a manager. Yeah. So, and it's also really important when a manager comes on that you know who you are because if if I meet a young artist or even an older artist who isn't quite sure, I'm obviously going to be giving them ideas and, and kind of like encouraging them to find different sides of them. But at the end of the day, like I don't know who they are, you know, like they know them best. Yeah. And so when they have an identity and they have a vision, it's a lot easier for me to take that and be like, OK, well, you'd work really well with this producer. And I think you should work with this graphic designer because you know, you're showing me Gracie Abram reference and like, I feel like they would fit. Right. Um, and then you can kind of like that manager can build the team around the artist versus, you know, being like, I'm so frustrated. I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know how to distribute my music. Like it's okay to feel like you don't know what you're doing. No one does. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to get over that hurdle and that uncomfortability as an independent artist without a team so that you know the value that that team when you get one is going yes. to bring yeah yeah you know totally. like and you're going to be so much more knowledgeable when that team comes on as opposed to not knowing and then you know what if that team didn't have the best intention you want to be smart when you're getting into business with somebody because you're literally getting in bed with them yeah, yeah. and all their dirty laundry as well mm -hmm. so um just making yeah i would say those two things are yeah that's are what, great. I, that's great. what i would recommend are you sometimes looking at like uh, long-term development and like um, like through artist development? As in, um, are you always are you sometimes looking at like the potential in the long term of oh, some of these artists? Always. Um, and are you? Yeah. Well, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's an obvious yes. But um, are there things that you're specifically looking at? Um, like I don't know their fan base or you know their sound, of course. Um, but maybe not like if it's like maybe a trend that's going on just now and, yeah you know it won't work in a couple of years like 
is there is there some sort of that like you're looking at the long term yeah i mean when it comes to management i also like obviously have a history of a and r so like i feel like in in two different scenarios it could be either um when it comes to management i'm definitely looking for more of a like a long-term client um if you're putting that much work and time into something you want it you know to hopefully last years yeah yeah um and you get so invested and i you know we live in a fast-paced world but i've I'm here for songs, not sounds, and um, yeah, I, I I want that that artist to have a long career. So for management, I'm looking at you know that they have a vision that I'm going to be here long term, and that like yeah. we're, we're really having a marriage moment. Yeah, and then yeah. if I'm looking, you know, if I'm working on the label side, I I it depends on the artist. Some artists are super cool with having like you know that the one hit, and they really want to dive into that, and they maybe don't know what they're going to do next, but mm-hmm. they're like, I'm going to dive into this right now, and I'll figure it out later. And so um, I think that's super cool. But I also think that what happens right now with a lot of viral tracks, which you had mentioned, or like a trend, yeah, um, especially with artists who don't have a team around them, is they get into this trouble of having a viral moment, hitting this crazy peak early, early on in their career, everyone in the industry starts giving them attention. They've never had it. They don't know what to do with it. They end up signing these crazy hype deals. Um, and then they aren't able to continue to live up to those expectations that have been set by their label or their teams. Yeah. And once their second or third single doesn't perform as well as their viral track that they had, they're let go and they're, they're like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. And and that's shit. Like, no better way to explain that than, like, absolute shit. Mm. And so, um, also, in my own, in my own A&Ring and, like, that side of what I do, I, I really try that when artists are having moments like that, that they do the smart business thing and, and don't necessarily sign a hype deal unless they're really ready for it. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have to backtrack and do so much development <clears throat> when everyone else around you is super high pressure and doesn't have time for the development. Right. So sure. um, I always say, like, if you have a viral moment, like, that master is your golden ticket and you hold on to that and own that as long as you can. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. don't wait too long until you actually, like, lose out on finances because we need to eat, as we learned. But um, do the right thing with it so it does build you up for that longevity versus that one hit, and then you're like, I don't know, because I can never live up to that again. Yeah, would you would would you recommend to like potentially sell that master, like not like to a label, but I mean like um like what would what would you what would you do if 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 your artist had like a very viral just one song kind of thing, and then but it was like the first song that they put out yeah um, i mean it happened with Vembi. there you go like case point um for two years she was in this room with a producer i mean not even a room it was covid so on zoom yeah and we she came up with the song lowdown she was teasing all our songs on tiktok it started getting traction i remember being in sephora and she was like <laughs> it's at like a million views i was like whoa that's like viral that's crazy yeah and it kept going up and i kept expecting it not to go up because i was like this isn't gonna happen yeah. so i wasn't even ready i was like watching it i was like please stop <laughs> yeah, i'm yeah, not yeah, ready yeah. for this like mentally and it feels so crazy when it's happening so i can only imagine on the other end how hyped the artist is too because like that's your you made that you know like that is you flourishing yeah yeah yeah. and um and uh this is also why i brought in Lori with her wise wisdom (laughs) and uh but you know like we had a ton of majors reaching out and and uh she was like i don't know like what i want to do and we ended up releasing the song independently yeah um and waited for the right person the right meeting the right label to come through with the right offer um and because we had that master and that master was independent in the charts that label deal only went up yeah and like yeah. it's not even the money it's better terms better licensing period better splits you know yeah. like 
so many different things that are so much more important than that advance check that you're yeah, going to get totally. because you're going to make a lot more money in the future if you run your business smart and i think that's also artists need to realize like you are running a business yes yeah this is you're making music and it's fucking good but like you also have to make money from this and mm-hmm. you have to be able to live off that money for a long time yeah because this industry is like X amount for a show, but it's not like super consistent all the time until you you're a regular in the scene. So, um, yeah, just be smart with your money and smart business. <laughs> and we're back. I love this. Um, this is the twenty third, I believe. Yeah, twenty third episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. We got Nicole Major Slay, Major freaking yes Slay on the podcast. Um, we're back from lunch. It was tasty, right? Because <laughs> we're doing smart business, and so we can afford lunch. You know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, next question for you is: um, What advice would you give to like aspiring music managers that want to like start in the industry? Anything? Um, anything comes to mind there? I mean, just do it. Like, yeah, like Nike. I have like a lot of friends that want to get into the. In- yeah, honestly, like Nike. Is it is it Nike? Nike? Is that the real? There's like a whole debate on is it Nike or Nike? <laughs> I think the proper, uh, <laughs> not me. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, Culturally, know. it's been Nike. I right? think it's Nike, but we can get past this. Whoa. Okay. I'm gonna stick with Nike. We're not gonna cut. You should that. put like a little like. You could cut this actually. Social no, media. we're not gonna TikTok, cut it. You could put like, a little, make a poll. You know. Oh is yeah. It Nike or Nike. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Pro. Anyway. Anyways, we'll let the people decide. Um, But yeah, I have a lot of friends that ever since I started in the industry are like, like, I want to start. I want to, you know, I want to do what you do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, just do it. And they're like, what do you mean just do it? I'm like, literally just like start and just start going to shows and start with small bands. Yeah. Or especially if you don't know anybody in the industry, like I didn't know anybody except for the band that I had originally met, which... You know, they were in New Jersey. They weren't here helping me on foot, like, meet anybody. I did yeah. everything myself at the end of the day. Um, so, like, go find that baby band in your hometown or that one artist that you think is really cool on Spotify. Or you see somebody on TikTok and you're like, hmm, I think I could add something to this. And yeah. just propose it to them and be like, hey, I love your stuff. How could we work together? I want to get into management. This is what I think you need. So show them a plan and and just do a handshake mm-hmm. and um and just start learning and failing yeah yeah what 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 could this plan look like it could look like it depends like so you know maybe they're um you know like an indie rock band that you saw live so mm-hmm. maybe maybe their streaming isn't you go and go on their spotify and their spotify is not streaming as much um, but you saw that they sold a ton of tickets live. So you're like, okay, obviously live, you have a fan base. You find out about their fan base, ask them questions, see what they need. Yeah. You know, like I think I could go to any band and be like, you need this and you need this and you need this, but like, do they actually need it? Or is that just my opinion? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes like, yeah, you will need it. But a lot of the time the band knows what they need and you can just be take that and be like, okay, this is how I can bring value to it then. So um, maybe it's, you know, help making TikToks. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. it's totally. booking them at local bars to play because they've never played a show before. Maybe it's helping them distribute a song on DistroKid. I'm like talking very, very small, but that's how small I was starting. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I don't think you have to like go into it. Maybe you have a super talented friend and you're like, hey... Let's work together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's where like a lot of the best relationships come from too is mm. that organic friendship because it just works. You get them, um, and hopefully your friend's a good <laughs> a good manager. Yeah. You know, um, when you started, you 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 just said a few minutes ago, um, do a handshake with them. Mm-hmm. When you started, and maybe you could speak more about this. Um, typically with managers. Industry standard is what fifteen twenty percent. Yeah, um, anywhere from ten to twenty, I guess. Yeah, depending. Yeah. yeah. Would you 
do that handshake deal and just be like, okay, let's work together. And then eventually it'll sort of figure itself out kind of thing. Is that what you did with like Van B? Or when I people? started, yeah. I did. I had a contract. I think yeah. I had a contract that I like downloaded from the internet. Yeah, yeah no, it's great. Um, Because I didn't know what I was doing. And so yeah. I was scared and wanted to just make sure that um, you were I wasn't, and... I was protected, that the artist was protected. Yeah. Um, as I started kind of like just like building my own foot, I learned that I like not signing contracts right away. I yeah. like knowing who I'm getting into bed with. I like having a dating period with the artist where we just hang out and talk and they can ask me for advice and I can give it to them. But like neither of us are super committed until mm -hmm. we both approach each other and are like, okay, let's do this. This is working. Yeah. Um, because who knows, like vice versa, the artist could hate you, like hate working with you. <laughs> sure, you yeah, know, no, which totally. it's totally fine. It just yep. means like you're not the right person for it. Yeah. Um. So I think like when you start off, it's nice to do it, but some people continuously do handshakes forever, and some always sign contracts. I'm like, I trust people too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I expect people to be good, but yeah. Um, and eventually it legalizes itself, kind of thing. Um, I mean, like, technically it's legal if you do a handshake anyways. Like, it's like we've both agreed on this. Like, clearly there's terms. I think when it when it gets more complicated is, like, when the artist gets larger. So, like, let's say things actually start moving. There is more money going into that artist's account. There's more people involved um, just for, like, record keeping and just accountability. You're protected as a manager. There's usually a sunset clause. So, yep. God forbid something happened. And for those who don't know what a sunset clause is, it's pretty much a lowered percentage on a scale of X amount of years of that um, commission from that artist of what you would be making on the projects that you worked on. And that protects the manager in case the artist fires them or anything like that. Well, it also rewards the manager of the projects that they've been working on. Yeah. And let's say, let's say it's a three year campaign or whatever it is, or even just a cycle yeah. um, that that manager is still getting a remunerated from, from the, from the project. Yeah. Um, Sunset Clause. Great, great, uh, great term. Yeah. Um, typically, when you're still in that dating period with the artist, um, because managers also got to have to eat, um, how was the like um, re remuneration for, for you at that time? Or typically, it doesn't need to be like, we don't need necessarily need to talk about you specifically in your case, but how would you go about that currently? Uh, is it sort of like you're taking a percentage from yeah. revenue? So. When I first started, yeah. I actually took a fee. Yeah. I took a small monthly fee that was recoupable. Um, and it wasn't anything crazy. It was pretty much enough. Like I had a, you know, an international phone plan, which is expensive, yeah. which I use for work. I had my email, all my subscriptions, my chart metrics, like all of these Netflix, you know, Prime <laughs> video. All of these <laughs> You know, thanks for my Disney Plus. Um, all of these things that I had to pay for, or like, you know, I'm I'm going and I'm doing meetings and I'm trying to workshop this artist and I'm putting a lot of the time, which yeah, means yeah, it's a lot of time. You can't work a full time job a lot of the time. So I was mm. working at a day camp when I first started. Right. So I had the evenings open. Saw that on your LinkedIn. The YMCA. <laughs> my name my camp name was West. Um I had like a whole cheer. I was like the best camp counselor ever. That's amazing. Um, you're passing playlists on CDs to no, kids. No, I or actually, it's not even. You're, you're <laughs> not actually. I, this is going to sound so weird, but I used to use them as test markets because I would get a lot sure, of. Whoa. I would get a lot of like high school students. Yeah, and high school students know what's cool. So I always had a Bluetooth speaker on me, and I, we would while we would do activities, I would play music, and a lot of it was like demos or artists, and I'd be like, "Yo, guys, what do you think of this?" And they're brutal. Like they would yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. "Hate that." Somewhat, sometimes I'd be like, whoa, that's a sick song. Like, who is that? And I would use them as, like, a test market. Yeah, that's um, great. Actually. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah they pretty much were getting just my... <laughs> I was handing out CDs as they leave, you yeah. know. I'm like, please take yeah. my mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Nicole, we'll have to take a percentage of this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, please manage me. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Please stream yeah. my songs and like my TikToks. <laughs> They're your a &R. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. But I don't know what I was saying before, but whatever, uh, part-time job and yeah, yeah. and hustling. But basically you were taking a fee. I was uh, taking a fee, yeah, a small fee that was recoupable. Um, and it also was like on a month-to-month. -month, so like let's say like 
the artist was like, you know, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, okay, cool, like, whatever. And we would try to do what we did. And then as I, like, you know, got my first publishing deal and made a commission, I was like, okay, cool, now I can live off of this and not take a fee. And it would, like, depend on artist by artist. And as I was able to grow my artist and make more money, I was able to be like, okay, now I can just take a commission. Yeah. Um, And I was able to get jobs in the industry where – you know, I was making more money and, and doing day-to-day on art, so I had more credibility, too, and yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, so. That's great. Yeah. Very general question here. To, to basically end this this segment here, um, can you share some valuable insight or lessons you've learned while working in music or music management or things that just people should know just in general, like very general, like tips? Yeah. Um, try to be conscious of the way that you write in the email. <laughs> Yeah, that's like I think something that I struggle with too. Like I can be super dry mm-hmm. on an email, and I like really in the past year I've tried to be a lot more conscious of how people might be like reciprocating that or how I'm, you know, how I am in person. I feel like I'm not at all like a dry. I'm very like kind of up. Yeah, yeah. And so like, how can I portray that in an email and like you know make sure that people are feeling validated and appreciated, and also making sure that like. Everyone around you is feeling appreciated. I always tell people they're appreciated and love because it's a very thankless industry. Um, and we're all working together for the same goal. Um, so, it's, again, it goes back to being nice to people. Like, be nice to people. Write a nice email. Put a little smiley face. Yeah. Maybe a little at, like, the little hearts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Exclamation marks? Yeah. I've I've changed my signature to, like, loving and leaving instead of, like, <laughs> instead of, like, thanks. It's, like, loving and leaving. Um, but, yeah, just, like, you know, be nice to people on email and, I don't know, be nice. Yeah. Just, like, be nice. Don't, don't be that bad person. Yeah. Common theme on the podcast. I mean, be nice. every be nice. Don't be the the the, the classic sentence is don't be an asshole. That's yeah. what I always say. Almost, almost every podcast, to be honest. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, that's stinky. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take another break there. <laughs> and, and we're back. And we're back. Twenty third episode. We're at the end of the episode almost. We got to play the Dream Fest game. For those who haven't been here in the past uh, two or three weeks, uh, basically the Dream Fest game is um, getting Nicole um, the chance to sort of make her dream lineup. Um, so here, for those who haven't uh, <laughs> checked out this game yet, basically um, she'll tell us a dream night of who would be headlining the evening. A second headlining opener, where it happened, when it would happen, how many people could go, and uh, a special guest appearance who would be like in the crowd, who maybe who's hosting. I don't know. I'll keep it open. I'll keep it open ended. Okay, um, but we'll be right back um, with Nicole's Dream Fest game. We're back again <laughs> for the third time. We're always back. We're always back. Know? We're always back. Nicole just did her. Uh, Dream Fest game sort of board and answer. I'll, I'll hold it up for okay. the people at home. I don't know if they'll see it. but That's fine. Well, we can both see it at the same time. So, oh my gosh. All right. But yeah, please um, please present us this, 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 <laughs> this Dream Fest game here. So this was my project. I decided to put... Taylor Swift as the headliner because Ooh. I feel like she's so nice. I also would sell a kidney to go to her Eras tour right now. So. Well, you'd have to, actually, to go to her Eras tour. I almost go. dropped too much money on a ticket, <laughs> and I realized how ridiculous that was. Yeah, um, true. The second headliner would be Paramore because Haley Williams is, like, one of the best performers ever. Amazing. Um. And my friend Jenna would kill me if I didn't have Paramore because she's a huge <laughs> fan of Paramore 4. So, um, and then I would have Julia Michaels open because oh I think she's a sweetie. Mm. I'm a Julia fan, what? obviously. have the same tattoo as her. And I think just the three of them would really vibe yeah, too. That's like a, that's awesome. I think they'd all really get along. Yeah. Um, it would be at Turks and Caicos because I want it on a beach. Who doesn't want to be on a beach? It's like the most beautiful water. Mm. 
Um, and not Echo Beach. Not Echo Beach. <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know what? <laughs> um, but uh, I think it would be beautiful, yeah. and I get a little tan, drink a little mo- mimosa, mm-hmm. and it would happen a year from now. Yeah, because I need to plan it. Okay, okay, you're being very reali- realistic. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, okay, a 14 month plan. I can make this happen. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so August first, um, and then. The attendance is everyone and their grandma. Yeah. So get your grandmas out. You get know? your grandmas out to Turks and Caicos. Come see Julia Michaels, Paramore, and Taylor Swift with her. She'll love it. Amazing. And actually, for grandma, the special guest is Jolly Parton, but it's also <laughs> for me. So amazing. Yeah, I think grandma would love it. Yeah, my grandma would be super stoked. Would yeah. Oh my gosh, my grandma would love Dolly Parton specifically oh yeah and just turks i think I yeah think she's been big uh my grandma's big like a florida grandma okay you know? yeah she'd love turks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um amazing well this is great love it yeah taylor swift has appeared so many times really on on, on the on the cloud machine podcast as a, as a as a game kind of answer here she's a uh, forever fan favorite yeah 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 are you are you gonna go see eras the eras tour at some point if do we know if she's coming to Toronto? She yet? hasn't announced yet, but I really hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it would be just weird if she didn't. If not, I'll go to a Europe date. Ooh, um, that'd be great. I'm going. Yeah, you're, like you're there's no. Go. Yeah. It's just such a big tour. Like she's not going to do a big tour like that for a while. It's all of the eras. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. She's not going to do like an eleventh era tour. Like that would be weird. You know. No, it's, I think it's great timing for her to do it, especially yeah. with all the stuff that's been happening. And not like, not like that. Not like I know what's happening in her life, but like just like with she has so like many with era- Maddie Healy. Yeah. And... yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Dad. Yeah. Um. Uncle. Uncle Maddie. Uncle Maddie. Um. No, but just like with, uh, she has so many eras now, and like now that she's doing like her own versions as well, she can. She's like reclaiming the the whole thing. Yeah. It's great. She's killing great. it. Yeah. She's. She's thriving yeah anyway thanks for for coming on thanks, thanks for, for taking, having me yeah thanks for taking time out of your day um everyone s- tell matt how great he is for doing this podcast <laughs> oh my gosh well it's fine please comment uh, comment like subscribe yeah. click the notification bell yeah there you go review the podcast online review. if you can yeah um tell your friends and family about it yeah tell grandma about tell your it. grandma yeah tell your grandma everyone that this call is your grandma after this and yeah. tell them yeah tell them that taylor swift Paramore, Julia Michaels, and Dolly Parton will be uh, at Turks and Caicos on August 1st, 2024. My goodness. It'll be a good year. A planner. A planner. Oh, she It's like she manages. Oh, my God. Crazy. Anyway, thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks, Nicole. See you next week. Bye. Bye.